prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome into State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Live room edition here on the NFL's free agency beginning of the negotiating window started on Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I am Jimmy Durkin. We've got Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, Ted Wynn. Ready to talk about all the Raiders news and, of course, the biggest news. Uh, it didn't take long once free agency opened up. It had been kind of rumored. We all kind of thought that it was a possibility what would happen, um, and the Raiders did it. They agreed to terms with Jimmy Garoppolo on a three-year deal, $22.5 million per year, and it's pretty much a very even. It's you know $22.5 million every season, um, 34 guaranteed at signing, uh, $11.25 million signing bonus with an $11.25 million base in 2023 that makes up um, that 22 and a half, and then uh, a roster bonus in due in March of uh, next year that's also guaranteed. Um, it's not a not a crazy expensive deal, but um, certainly above the uh, the Jared Stidham type market. Uh, what, what are all of our thoughts here on bringing in Garoppolo? He is the Derek Carr replacement, at least for now, although not a, a super long-term commitment. Yeah, I mean, it's not exciting at all, um, not remotely in any way, but, I mean, he's a solid starter. And <laughs> hype it up, hype it up, Tashad. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're just being honest here, right? Uh, but it's, it's a decent decent clip, I think, for a player of his caliber, um, you know, essentially $24.5 million, and it basically locks them into him being on the roster for two seasons. Um, you know, they, they could theoretically move on after one year, but uh, that $18.75 million dead money hit if they do is is pretty steep and so that feels a little unrealistic even if he's not the starter anymore at that point you'll just be a maybe a very expensive backup kind of how he was with the the 49ers going into this season um and so i mean it, it guarantees them you know at least competent you know quarterback play this season which again isn't too exciting but um you know it's better than chase garbers which is all they had coming into free agency um and so it, for, for me, the biggest thing it does is it, it alleviates the pressure to, you know, to have to take a quarterback early in the draft. Um, you know, if they like a guy who's available at seven or can swing a minor trade up, sure, go get one. But they don't have to press and force if they aren't really all the way sold on the prospect. And so really, that's the biggest takeaway that I have from the signing. I look at it like it's just a, a two-year deal for $48 million. It's like your, is your bridge quarterback. Ideally, you draft someone. And you develop him in, in two years to take over. I think um, he's fine. I think the, the biggest strength he has is that he knows McDaniel's well. He'll be a, a good fit in the system. There won't be any problems like there were last year with Derek Carr as far as I want to do this, I can't do this line of scrimmage, yada, yada, yada. I think there's no excuses for this offense to be um, a little more seamless than it was last year. I think um, I think female fans are excited. I mean, it's a good-looking guy. I mean, I don't know if Deshaun's not even fired up, but I'm sure some of the fan base is. Um, and I think you, know, you look at his, his track record with the Niners, he's a, he's a guy all the players in the locker room like. He's a proven leader, which I think is also maybe something he'll have over, over Derek going forward. Maybe he's a little more, a little tougher in the pocket. Uh, again, the, the, the downside there is he is injury prone, so he takes too many hits. He can't finish the season. So that's, the, for me, the biggest risk here is you give him a guy you know, $48 million for two years, there's no guarantee he'll he'll finish out either of those years. I think he has to prove he can be a little more durable. But as far as what else they could have done, I think there wasn't much out there. I think um, 
you know, they, uh, they may want Tom Brady, but he retired. I think the number seven draft pick slot probably won't get them a plug-in guy now. I think those guys will be long gone by seven. I'm not sure they wanted to trade up and pay the price to move up in the draft too high. So I think for the price, um, it makes sense. And it's not super exciting, but uh, it gives them a shot. It gives them a shot to compete, and uh, that's really all you can ask for at, at this point. Compete for what? Compete for uh for a winning record. Compete for uh oh, okay. uh, uh you're gonna say AFC champ- West championship. No, huh? no, no, no. I'm not being ridiculous, but I mean compete for third place in the AFC West. Yeah, whatever. I mean the outside chance of a wild card spot. I mean I think he's proven he's a solid quarterback. Obviously a lot more talent around him than I actually will this year probably, but we'll see how the roster buildup goes. But I think he's uh, you know, whatever, in the same tier, maybe a couple notches below Derek, but in that same tier of middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks who I think give you a chance every week to, to win a game. You don't have to draft a quarterback, but I think for me to to think this move is okay, draft, you, you have to draft a quarterback at seven. Because with Jimmy Garoppolo, you're putting yourself back into quarterback purgatory, which is what I thought they wanted to get rid of Carr for. Because Garoppolo is good enough to win you games. I don't know if he's good enough to really get, have you compete with Patrick Holmes, but you know, he's good enough to win you games. I don't really like the fit with Devontae Adams. You know, I tweeted it out, but Devontae Adams, since 2018, third in the league in receptions over 20 yards, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, since 2018, ranks 48th in percentage of, th- of throws over 20 yards. So he does not throw deep. And it's not just a function of the Niners' offense. The Niners, uh, Kyle Shanahan, called offense to the strengths of Jimmy Garoppolo, and he does not throw a good deep ball. So that part of Jimmy, that part of Devontae Adams kind of gets erased with Jimmy Garoppolo starting. Um, but yeah, I think if he's going to be your bridge quarterback, then the bridge has to connect to something, and that something could be a quarterback number seven, because you know presumably maybe Garoppolo gets you to the middle of the pack, and if you're drafting 16th, it's going to be a lot harder to draft one of those top quarterbacks, especially if you're looking at Caleb Williams or, or Drake May, May next season. Um, so yeah, I don't really like the fit with Devontae Adams. I know he knows this offense well. Um, but yeah, you're kind of back in that quarterback purgatory landing spot that you were trying to get out of, um, with, with moving on from car now. Yeah. I think one thing, um, about Garoppolo and, you know, Vic, you mentioned him as a leader and he is a different type of leader. I mean, he's, he was well-respected and liked in that 49ers locker room, but, uh, he, he was he can be aloof um and and it'll be interesting to see him stepping into a new team i mean he had his reputation with the 49ers was like uh, off season comes and if you try to text him you're not hearing back i mean he he's so he's kind of a guy that he wants to he wants to kind of be one of the guys when he's in the locker room stuff but like you know he gets into the off season and and he's not we know how Derek Carr over the years, you know, always working out with Devontae Adams. Yeah, it was him and Zay Jones going to the the park and, and getting in uh, passes and all that. You would hope he walks in to a new team and kind of and that that becomes part of it, that he's got to get some rapport built up with these guys. But that's typically not who Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's a guy that, that does in the offseason tend to go his own way and um, not a big guy. You know, not, he's not a social media guy. He's not a guy who's going to be on his phone a lot and and responding and, and responding to text messages and phone calls. So um, he, he is he, it, it, that will be interesting to see. Like, how does he respond to, to joining a new team at this stage in his career? 
Encore Beach Club has to build a little mini practice field on the side. So, you know, he could practice with the receivers, get some timing down. Are you insinuating that he's going to be enjoying the Vegas nightlife? I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, I live here, so I do. But you know. <laughs> I mean, will, um, he li- will he live in Vegas? I mean, he wasn't a guy that spent his off seasons in the Bay Area. So, I mean, I think he he kind of he. I don't I don't I don't envision him as a uh, as a twelve month a year Vegas resident. Yeah, on Jimmy G, like with you know, in terms of them, I don't think they have to draft quarterback in the first round to justify this. Um, especially since you made a two year commitment to him. Um, that's a lot of money to be spending, you know, on a quarterback who theoretically isn't going to play for two years, um, even even though, you know, rookie contracts aren't what they, what they once were. Um, you know, and, and so I think if the price to, let's say, move up to three or, or move up to five is too high or the guy that they want isn't there anymore, um, you know, I, I don't think they have to force it. Their, their needs on defense are too great. I tweeted out their defensive depth chart um, a couple minutes ago, and they may may have, like, three or four starting caliber players on their defense. And so, um, especially if there's a run on quarterbacks earlier, it's probably going to be a really good defensive player there at seven if they stay put or if they trade back or whatever happens. And so uh, I still think there's some day, day two guys that, you know, aren't just drafting a quarterback just to draft one. I think Hendon Hooker has some real intrigue um, to his game in particular. And so if you can get him, let's say, 38th overall, um, he's coming off a major injury. There's nobody's going to blink twice if you sit him for this year and then maybe next year we see if he's – capable of stepping in and so I don't think they're locked into like having to draft somebody high like obviously it's not gonna make fans feel too good especially for moving on for he's a clear downgrade from Derek Carr like I know some people on Twitter disagree but like that's <laughs> Who? I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry people's gotta get the fuck out of here like <laughs> he's just not he's not he's not Derek Carr and so if you're gonna have a downgrade I know he's cheaper but still he, he costs a, a decent amount of money you know 28 million dollar cap hit next year isn't nothing um, you know, I think you have to have something that gives people hope for some longer term upside that will be better than Derek Carr. And I think the only way you can get that is through a rookie. Like, it doesn't have to be this year. Like, you know, it's a strong quarterback class next year on paper. But, like, I don't think they're going to be bad enough to where, like, they're, they have a top three pick, you know, or top five pick to where they're able to draft somebody like Caleb Williams or, or Drake May. And so um, they're kind of this weird in-between point, how, how Ted said. And so it, it's interesting seeing at some point they're going to have to pull the trigger if they're serious about competing on a highly drafted quarterback or a, a more serious veteran quarterback at some point. And so it's interesting to see just do they feel like they can pass on that this year, you know, for next year or, or whatever it may be. And so they're definitely not in a rush from a team-building standpoint. Like Dave Ziegler has been saying it all off season. It's apparent in the lack of other significant moves that they have made so far today, despite them having so many needs and, and a lot of cap space to put to use. And so they're going to take their time with it, but at some point they have to strike. Um, and, and now I guess we're just sort of playing the waiting game to see when that is. Yeah, to me it shifts the focus from the top four quarterbacks in the draft to like Deshaun said Hooker and maybe round two, or Jake Hayner round three. Those are the kind of guys you can get this year. And now you have a two-year window. Those guys can fully uh, you know, learn the system, get comfortable. There's no rush. So I think to me that becomes the quarterback focus this year in the draft. You know, I think what will be interesting is, you know, I whole hundred percent agree. Like Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. We know Jimmy Garoppolo has you know, won a lot of games. He's forty and seventeen as a starter, and I think a lot of that is the roster that he's had around him with the Forty ers But there's always been the big Jimmy G argument. It's like, well, he's he's a winner. He's a winner. It will be very interesting to see. Like he was on the Patriots, you know, he barely played with them, but he was on the Patriots. Then he went to a 49ers roster that you know, was, was built up really well around him. 
what will he be like on a different team that, that is not one that, I mean, it does have very good offensive weapons. Um, if you can't, you can't complain walking into a situation with Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams. Um, but it, you know, he doesn't have it. He, he's not, not walking into a place with a good defense. So it, it will be fun to see like, okay, like that winner that we all saw in Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, everything that was, was mentioned about him. Well, that that's, that's what he does. Can he do that somewhere else where he doesn't have a defense? So um, it, it's going to be fascinating, especially like you know, being here still in the Bay Area where you ha- there, there's there's always that uh, that that car Garoppolo. You know what? Who, who's better? All that. I mean, Carr's definitely more talented. Garoppolo's definitely had more you know success as a winner. Um, what will it be like now that he's walking into that situation that that Carr just walked out of? Yeah, I think the thing the thing that people have to keep in mind like quarterback wins is a fake stat. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they aren't winning games, they aren't losing games. Like they can contribute to that. Oh, they can like lose games. <laughs> they can, but they're not individually like I won today. You know, like or I lost today. Like they're they're part of the the puzzle. They're a big one, but they're not individually responsible for these outcomes. And so, like that's how you see a Brock Purdy step in and they damn near make the Super Bowl. Um, and like like anything that Jimmy Garoppolo did with the Forty ers whether that was his performance or how far they got. I'm very confident that Derek Carr could have done it. He probably could have done more because he actually, you know, plays, you know, football for full seasons and like hasn't missed several in the several seasons because they have significant injuries. And so, um, you know, from that standpoint, like there's, there's really no need to compare them. Like in, in my mind, it's, it's more so a matter of, as Vic referred to earlier, him being more comfortable in this system, being able to hit the ground running quicker, not having any sort of clashes with McDaniels or the coaching staff. Um, and, and seeing if they can use the money that they did save because, you know, his, his cap hit um, this year is, is a pretty small one. Um, I believe it's only $16.3 million, um, which Derek Carr's would have been about $33 million, I believe. Um, and so are they able to allocate that money to improving the offensive line um, and improving all three levels of the defense to where, you know, even though they took a step back at the quarterback position, um, can they take a step forward as a team? Um, you know, that might be eight or nine wins, so it may not be a huge step forward, but, you know, trying to make some semblance of progress, um, I think there's a, a path forward to do that if they land, um, you know, the other transactions that they're going to make through free agency in the draft. Yeah, there was some, um, I think, different reports on the guaranteed money uh, on Garoppolo's contract. What's, what's the final guaranteed figure? Uh, so he got $33.75 million guaranteed at signing, and that's his 2023 salary and the 2024 roster bonus are guaranteed automatically. Um, the rest of the guarantees, um, you know, you, you've probably seen the $45 million number. That's an injury guarantee. Uh-huh. So if he get, if he were to get hurt, you know, the significant injury, um, kind of similar to Carr, like if he gets a, sim- a significant injury, then his uh, 2024 base salary becomes guaranteed. Um, and, and so, I mean, that's, that's obviously relevant with a quarterback that has gotten injured as much as he has, um, you know, knock on wood, obviously don't want anybody to get hurt, but like, it's a pretty realistic possibility with him. Um, and so it's not, you can't just toss it aside. I don't think as you, as you usually can with total guarantees and quotation marks. Um, but if he's healthy, then, then the only part that's actually guaranteed is that $33.75 million. But either it, one locks it, them into either one locks them into having him on the roster next season without having a pretty significant dead money hit if they move on. Yeah, cause it, it means basically considered the, the practical guarantee because that eleven point two five million dollar roster bonus is guaranteed. So it's like you're paying that already, 
and then you're you know so that's going to go on your cap hit and you have to pay the prorated portion of the 11.25 million dollar signing bonus so it's like okay at that point are you going to cut him to not have to pay him the 11.25 million in, in base salary next year probably not so it's kind of the practical guarantee but um theoretically possible if he is healthy but um not likely yeah i mean he, he, three out of the last Last five years, he's had season-ending injuries, so the injury thing is a uh, is a factor when considering Garoppolo. Yeah, he does go into this offseason. I believe he's considered healthy now. You know, the broken foot was um, – if they would made it to the Super Bowl somehow, you know, if Josh Johnson had got him there, he – I think there's a, there's probably a decent chance he would have been active for the Super Bowl. Um, so if you, you know – consider the where he was at with that with that injury going into the offseason he was pretty close to being uh to being able to return so um he should be able to hit the ground running for them for the offseason and uh like i said hopefully he'll get out to vegas and get in some early work with those guys he's healthy he just has a broken foot that's all it's it's not broken anymore i'm joking 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 yeah, we've talked about how, you know, McDaniels and Ziggler are not in any kind of rush. I think there's no pressure for Mark Davis to win next year. But also I think when you have you know, Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, guys like that, and you're Josh Jacobs in your roster, you have to give them a sense that we are trying. We are trying to, to make the playoffs this year. I think Jimmy G does that. Maybe not. It's not exciting, but I think he has proven enough where you can feel like he gives you a chance if you're a player on, on this team. That's why I think they should be – going all in on drafting a quarterback this year. You have the seventh pick. You can't yeah, move up. They need defense, man. It's going to cost too much. So to move, to move, uh, yeah, to move. Like, defense, defense been trash for so you need a Yeah, but Taylor, you got to like be, you got to be realistic about like which quarterback's going to be available because the Panthers trading up to one, they need a quarterback. The Texans at two, they need a quarterback. I think you got to The Colts at four, the Colts at four need a quarterback. And the Seahawks and Lions at five and six might take one. I mean, you can say you got to get a three, but everybody's going to be trying to get the three. And so that price to get the three can get a little crazy. Um, yeah. And so if they don't – and there's also assuming that whoever at three is somebody that they like. Like, yeah. we, we have to keep in mind with these rankings. Like, we have guys that we consider consensus first-round quarterbacks. Every team ain't got a first-round grade on all four of these guys. And so um, I'm not saying that they ruled out, you know, they're only down to two or anything like that. Like, I don't think they're at that point. But um, we have to – Keep in mind, like, how much they like these guys and, and how far they're willing to go to get them. Like, they don't need to force it, especially when you're committed to Jimmy G for two years. Like, if the price is too high or he's too far out of your range, like, I don't, I don't feel like they should force it. And also, you know, if there is an early run of quarterbacks, like I said, there's going to probably be a, a premium defensive player um, there at seven. Um, and they need some help pretty badly at defensive line and, 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 and cornerback, which – there's probably going to be some guys that you could justify taking at seven or maybe trade back and get some additional capital and, and still get a pretty good defensive player. So they're, they're not going to force it um, this year. Um, and, and so, like, I don't think they should either because, like, what is the – like, what's the impetus to do so? Like, he's not playing this year. He's probably not going to play next year. And so that's – the whole point of drafting a rookie quarterback in the first round – not the whole point, but a lot of the point is, you know, you get them while they have, they're in that cheap window – you get the five years of team control, and if you're basically going to waste two of those cheap years, it's kind of like, all right, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. And so I mean, I wouldn't think he, the quarterback would play this year. You know, yeah. let's say if you let's hypothetically, if you you moved up to three, you drafted Anthony Richardson, he probably wouldn't play this year. Next year, you could have that expensive backup in Garoppolo because you're not getting rid of him. But my only point is, you know, this is a quarterback-driven league. You you got to try to get one of those top guys or you're just not going to win consistently. 
and you're at seven spot now and presume you know if they don't like any of these quarterbacks then fine but like you know you got to take some shots and then presumably next year garoppolo will get you know probably get you in that 16 range you know and it's gonna be a lot harder to move up so i just think you're gonna have you know the, the raiders gonna have to take a shot at quarterback at some point and this year is probably their best shot at getting you know one of the top uh, top guys uh, you know it might be unrealistic next year and then if you know if they do lose the year after then you know McDaniels and Ziegler are probably gone yeah you're right that they're gonna have to they're gonna have to give up some shit at some point like whether it's to get up to three or five or next year they would have to give up much more next year to go from we would assume they're going to be picking the teens if they're like an okay team they're going to have to give up multiple first-round picks to get in range to draft somebody like a Caleb Williams or Drake May. Like, they're just not going to be that bad, barring some very bad injuries throughout the roster. And so, you're right. Like, it's easier for them to go get a guy this year. I just don't know, like, for one, which guy is going to be there at three, how they feel about that guy. So there's so many variables to it that, like, I don't want to say they have to do something because we don't know. Like, the the Texans could throw everybody off and take Anthony Richard at Richardson a second or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, or, or the Colts could just pay a King's ransom to go to three because they just desperately want a certain guy. And so it's not really fully in their control. And so given that's the case, it's kind of hard to say like they have to do anything. With McDaniels, one thing you don't know, I mean, he a lot of these cocky play callers basically think give them somebody who knows their system and is going to run their system exactly the way they want. And that's good enough for them at quarterback. And I'm not saying that that is the answer, but we know some of these, these play callers that are very confident in their ability. just kind of think that way. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's kind of been that way. Then he, then he made that move to go up to get Trey Lance. And then that hasn't really worked out yet. And, and he, he saw what he did with Brock Purdy. McDaniels might just say like, Hey, just give me a guy that, I'm comfortable with and is comfortable with me and will run my system. And that's all I need. And, and we can be that elite offense that we expected them to be this season because of all those offensive firepower they have. Yeah. We have to remember a uh, former uh, Broncos offensive lineman. I think it was Tyler Columbus. <laughs> yep. He tweeted out last year. And Josh Daniels once said when he was back when he was a Broncos head coach, that he could turn a high school quarterback into an all pro. So you know, I think we know he, he's, it's been a long time, but I, I feel like he probably still has a, a decent amount of ego. Um, and so there probably is a little bit of that, but I do think they're, they're probably realistic about what Jimmy G is and what the ceiling is, what, what the ceiling is when Jimmy G is your quarterback. And so I don't think they're going too crazy with that in terms of like thinking they can win a championship, um, you know, with him as their quarterback. And like, I don't think they think this roster period can win a championship just by the way that Dave Ziegler and, and McDaniels have been talking about the roster. <laughs> like, the entire offseason, like, it's pretty clear they know what they are and where they are, and it's not close to contending for a championship or anything of that nature. Um, and so, but like, that aside, I think one part that maybe, I know you mentioned earlier, like, Jimmy G, his leadership aspect and how the team is going to react to him. I know people are freaking out, so we should probably mention it. Like, you know, Devontae Adams, he posted this on his Instagram story, um, you know, a black screen with the text. If we haven't talked in the last three weeks, don't hit me about this shit. Thanks. And it was pretty soon after Jimmy G, um, you know, signed. And I know he since tweeted kind of clarifying that it's about, you know, people asking him what's going on and he's riding with Jimmy. But, um, you know, for one, like people like whether he's, I'm sure he doesn't love 
you know, downgrading their quarterback. You know, he's smart. He knows that this is a downgrade. Um, but, like, whether he's upset or not, he can't really go anywhere. Like, if they tried to trade him this offseason, it would be an incredible amount of dead money. If they did it next offseason, it would be an incredible amount of dead money. And so, like, they realistically they can't move him at all until at least 2025. And so, like, really no matter how mad he is, like, I guess he could sit out. Like, he's not doing that. And so, like, people got to, like, relax. Like, Durante's going to be on the Raiders this year. It's okay. The team is probably going to not be that good. But Devontae, number 17, will, will be in a Raiders jersey. I feel pretty confident. All right. Well, let's hit the uh, the other, I guess we'll call it major, the, the other signing of the day for the Raiders. Uh, Marcus Epps, safety. He was number 88 on our uh, top 100. 50 free agent list. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, was number 14. So they got the number 14 uh, free agent on the Athletics uh, top 150. But uh, they had Marcus Epps safety, who uh, really this was this season was his first year as a full time starter for the Eagles. He started all 20 games. He led the team in defensive snaps. Um, a guy who who's much better, uh, much better as a run defender than a pass defender. But um, you know the the Raiders need help in the secondary, and he is a guy that uh, that can give him a little bit of help. Yeah, it seems like he's a solid guy. I'm not sure he's a, a splashy sign that people wanted to see, but um, like you mentioned, a good run stopper. I think he uh, probably steps right in, right away to starting in, in, the, in the secondary. I'm not sure uh, if I'll be opposite Trayvon Morig or if they bring back Deron Harmon. But um, uh, again, not a super exciting signing, but a guy who is clearly better than what he had there last year, I think. Yeah, he's a pretty really good run defender coverage-wise. I haven't take an in-depth look at him, but I do remember him blowing some coverages and giving up a, f- a few big plays, but not Jonathan Abram level. Fits right in. Fits right he, he's in. A, maybe he's a, an improved version uh, of uh, Jonathan Abram. Oh, man, he's scaring the shit out of the fans with that one. <laughs> that's, that's um, improved yeah, version. Been, improved version. Yeah, I think he's solid. He's a solid starter. Um, he is, like you said, more of a box safety, strong safety type. More of a guy that, that he's okay in coverage, but he's he's more so known for his run support ability. Um, I will say, like, he, he does have a knack for being in the right place at the right time. Like, he's not necessarily going to make a ton of plays on the ball and interceptions and pass deflections and that kind of stuff, but he's not going to be out of position. Um, he's a little average in size. He's about six foot, 200 pounds. He's not the fastest guy. And so, like, he's going to get beat in certain situations just because, you know, the guy has five inches on him or he's faster or whatever it may be. But he's a solid, you know, credible starting safety um, and starting defensive player in general, which is something that the Raiders don't have very much of. And at that price, um, you know, a two-year, $12 million deal, we start to see what the particular cap hits in each year are, I believe. Um, but it's it's, it's going to be a pretty affordable contract for a solid starter. And I think that's fine. It's a fine addition. It's nothing to get excited about, but it's an improvement for sure over – you know, what they had last year at safety. Brandon Faison's back. Depth, uh, get, get some depth at cornerback. I mean, he, I don't think he had a very good year for the Colts last season. Um, had, had a few moments here and there uh, during his time with the Raiders, and uh, and they bring him back as a depth corner. Good on teams. I think, like you said, a good depth guy, but um, I can't imagine it costs too much, so I think that's a, that's a fine depth ad. Yeah, which is, you know, especially with all the injuries they had last year at cornerback. Uh, they, they found out firsthand how important having depth at that spot is. And so um, it could come in handy, but ideally it doesn't. <laughs> you know, like hopefully he's not seeing snaps as a starter during the season. Um, and so, yeah, like cornerback is still a major need. Um, but, you know, you know, they can't wait with a starter at safety 
for sure. So the defense has improved somewhat today, but they definitely need to make some more moves on that side of the ball, really at all three levels. Um, and, you know, the good news is there's just still a decent – like this isn't a great free agent class overall um, in terms of the top-tier talent, but there is some good depth, um, particularly on the offensive line and I would say at all three levels of the defense. And so um, I know some people are panicking a little bit because they haven't been super active in day one, but um, they don't necessarily have to be to come away from this period with a few starters uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Remember how quiet they were early last season, and then they they had all of a sudden started making splashes. Uh, although I, I guess we can't, we, we don't want to hype people up and tell them that a Chandler Jones move is coming. Yeah, I don't think they want that to happen now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess we can talk a little bit about who's who's still available or take some questions, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna go through the comments. Uh, I've mentioned, meant to mention that at the top, we're not going to bring uh, people on uh, onto the stage today. Just uh, it's uh, we're going to keep this to a little bit shorter podcast and and give our uh, our producer a little break with the editing, and we're uh, we're all uh, all busy. Um, and we we we, we as, as soon as news breaks, uh, we may have to jump off here at any moment. But uh, Nick S says uh, says he needs Vic to sing to make him feel better. Um, no, I don't think no, that's happening. No, I don't no, think that's happening. No, no. Um, I, I, you know, I, I see same Nick S. Uh, th- this makes me a little sad. Uh, he says he can't get excited for Jimmy. I just can't. Blah. Oh, don't worry. He's talking about the other Jimmy, I guess. Um, Joshua T says Stidham at five million is better than Jimmy G at whatever the blank he got. And I guess that that's a good topic to bring up. Jared Stidham gets a two-year, ten million dollar deal with the Broncos. That happened. That broke shortly before the Jimmy Garoppolo deal to the Raiders broke. And uh, two years, $10 million is kind of about, I think, what we projected he would probably get, um, especially after that good game he played against the 49ers. Uh, that, that, that'll be, you know, he's, pro- he's going to be a backup. He takes a deal to be you know, a pretty highly paid backup to Russell Wilson. Um, is, is the extra 17 or whatever, $19 million that you're given – Jimmy Garoppolo worth it to uh to have Jimmy Garoppolo over J- Jared Stidham? Yes, because he's way better. We don't have to do this. <laughs> uh, guys, like like he he's played two games. He can move guys. around like, though. Like, we can we 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 not like no we we gotta <laughs> we gotta stop. I'll just like, say, was cool. for, for anybody who had worried about you know Derek Carr being jittery in the pocket. Jimmy Garoppolo can't move outside of the pocket. If Jimmy Garoppolo drops back and the pass rush is on him, he is in trouble. Um, that's that's the one thing that just from having watched plenty of Jimmy Garoppolo over the years, um, especially since the torn ACL, he does not move well. Um, and so there is um, – Carr may have been jittery in the pocket, but, uh, but, but Garoppolo kind of gets stuck in the mud. I would have took the high variance of, of Stidham because he could either – kind of, I don't know, maybe surprise you or he could be really bad. And both things are good in my opinion because if he's really bad, you might be able to get Marcus May or or Caleb Williams next year. And he's cheap. Well, I think if the Raiders wanted him back... Marcus May? The Raiders could have got him back to that... I was going to say the Raiders could have got him back to that price if they were willing to pay it. I think they didn't offer him that much, so I think they clearly made their choice known. They didn't have that much faith in Sidham. As far as being a stopgap guy, I think they'd rather pay Jimmy G a good deal more. So I think um, if they wanted him, uh, he'd be there. I think that, that that deal, I'm sure he was taking that with the Raiders if it was offered to him. So I think he gets a chance to go somewhere else, and they get a chance to get a guy they're more, they're more comfortable with. 
All right, I got a question here from Jeremy C. He says, given the signings today and any re-signings they need to get done, what does the cap look like to still sign a guy like James Bradbury, for example? Uh, so after the Jimmy Garoppolo signing, they were at about $27.3 million. Um, now we have to see again how the Marcus Epps deal is structured. Um, there's also no details yet for Brandon Faison, but I think it's safe to assume they're still probably somewhere in the 20 millions in terms of cap space, um, which is enough to sign somebody like James Bradbury if you, um, you know, structure it. Obviously, if he's willing to take a, a not, you know, super crazy salary, but also if you structure it where you give him a signing bonus and spread out the cap hit. And so they still can acquire top of the market guys um, like a Bradbury or, or other players um, sort of in that range. Uh, is it likely? Probably not. Um, given, you know, just the the, the volume of, of the needs that they have. Um, but it is possible um, just in terms of the raw numbers. All right. Question here from Frank J. Does the Epps signing rule out a run at Jordan Poyer? Vic, you wrote about this in uh, your kind of quick reaction that uh, they were interested in safeties, but as the market was uh, was soaring on some of the other guys out there like Jesse Bates uh, – you know, that that may have may have scared them off and and had them go the more discount route. Yeah, that's my sentiment. I think they were interested in Poirier. I think they were they had some talks, but I think they just when they saw how much Bates and Bell went for. I think they realized that uh, they weren't in that ballpark. So I think they wanted to make sure they got a guy they could plug in at a much more you know uh, reasonable price. And that's what happened. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. But that's my sense that they decided to go with um, the cheaper guy rather than rather than Poirier. All right. Um... Let, let, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, news could could still break uh, the rest of the day and the rest of the week. If it does, we'll uh, we'll come back on. But before we get out of here, Deshaun, you you kind of have your running list. Uh, we'll publish it in a few hours here once things settle down. Who who's the top guy remaining on your list right now? If the if the Raiders are uh, what's what's the next move that you want to see them make? Uh, it's James Bradbury. Ironically, um, he's the number one player on my list um, as of right now. I think cornerback is their their biggest remaining need, um, I would say, um, in terms of their roster. And so he has familiarity with Patrick Graham. Um, he's a little bit older. He's, he is 30 years old, but I think he can still play. Obviously, he just came off an all-pro season. And if it's a shorter-term deal, let's say like a three-year deal, um, you know, I, I think that's safe enough um, to where it makes sense. Um, beyond him, um, Caleb McGarry, um, right tackle for the Falcons, if they want to go to that side of the ball. Um, you know, Bobby Wagner, linebacker with the Rams, Draymond Jones, uh, defensive lineman with the Broncos, Levante David, linebacker with the Bucks. Um, that's my top five right now. And so pretty defensive focused, obviously. Uh, four of those five guys are, are on defense. But um, and, and that's probably more realistic. Like if they do make another significant sign, it's probably going to be on the defensive side of the ball. But especially seeing how some of those right tackles have gotten paid today, I mean, um, I know Juwan Taylor's going to flip to the left side with the Chiefs, but he got a crazy bag. Uh, Mike McClinchy got a pretty crazy contract. Um, and so I would imagine McGarry is going to be a lot of money. Um, and so uh, I, think, I think, you know, we got to give out shouts out to, to Ted for, you know, his Brandon Parker hype. Um, it seems <laughs> like they're, they're probably more likely to go to the cheaper ride at right tackle. And so I, I do think if they make another significant move, it, it will be a defensive player. And, and if they're going to do it, I don't see why you don't go for James Bradbury at this point. Yeah, Bradbury and David would be, I think, two pretty nice additions if they're able to get them. I know, you know, Bradbury is a little older and David's a little older, but I think you just need some veteran leadership on that defense, and uh, David gives you that. 
Yeah, I like Draymond Jones. I mean, building up that defensive line, oh, yeah. we know we know what they look like up front. I mean, I think secondary help is important. Good linebackers are, you know, you can you can debate the value, but man, I think if they could find a, a guy to plug in the middle of that defensive front, um, I mean, I still cannot believe the 49ers found the money to bring in Javon Hargrave. Um, I, I they they came into the day with like 3.8 million in cap space, so I don't know what 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 kind of gymnastics they're doing to get uh, to get there to bring in him, but um, he would have been awesome. But uh, Draymond Jones still being out there, he would be my number one guy. I think. Yeah, I just I think he's gonna get a huge deal. Uh, they got money. Yeah. They got. If the Niners could give an yeah. 84 million dollar deal with no cap space to Javon Hargrave, the, the Raiders could give money to Draymond Jones. I'm, no, I, yeah, I'm I agree with up. you. He, he's one of my top you know free agents overall this year. So we'll, we'll see how much he gets. But yeah, I mean, if I were the Raiders, I'd be calling him. Vic, you got anybody you want before we get out of here? Those guys all start good. I think Bradbury makes sense. I think he has that Patrick Graham connection. I think he'll give you a legitimate, uh, you know, top starter at quarterback. Haven't had that for a while. I think um, you got to spend the money somewhere on a, a big name guy at some point. So he could be the Jimmy G of the defense in terms of your addition. A guy that helps you bridge the gap to whatever you're building in a couple of years. You're supposed to get people excited, not tell them that he's the Jimmy G of the defense. Come on. All right, well, we are going to get out of here, everybody, but uh, thank you for joining us. Keep it locked on The Athletic for all of our coverage here of free agency. And, um, still, we still have two days uh, before uh, I think officially or a lot people are officially allowed to get signed. But uh, a busy first day, and we'll see what else the Raiders are able to get done this week. But uh, we'll talk to you later. If any other news breaks this week, we'll, uh, we'll probably do another one of these. All right, John. Later, guys. Peace.